Welcome back to the Archie Sonic Digest. We have a lot of comments to talk about, a lot of interesting discussions to be had, in my opinion. We've got a full arc and then about the beginning of another arc to touch upon that'll lead us smoothly into the next episode. And we are currently on the road to issue 200. There's a lot to think about, a lot to talk about. And it's actually kind of interesting because I just realized, like literally just right now as we sit here... We are now closer to the end of the Archie comics than we are to the beginning. And that's a little terrifying. When when does Archie end? 290. Wow. We are we are going to hit the 100 issue countdown this episode. It's it, it's so bittersweet. It really is, but I feel like we're getting ahead of ourselves. Anyway, as always, I'm your host Speed, as always my co-host Aaron. Uh, always here to talk about these lovely comics. What's going on today? You know, we're just living, breathing, existing, vibing. Uh, if you are a patron, patreon.com slash sonicspeed, discount code alpha, you will notice that my background has changed. Uh, I moved uh, to closer to my work, and now I have a slightly nicer place as a result. Expect to see this for the far-flung future. But I think we have some comics to get into. We have a lot to talk about today. A lot of good stuff. A lot of really, 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 really good stuff. Most of, as we had mentioned last episode, most of the janitorial duty is done. Um, There are still some loose threads here or there that needs to be taken care of. But for the most part, everything kind of gets cleaned up in a pretty good way. Uh, Everything kind of comes together. Like Like I said in the last episode... Ian Flynn's flag is planted firmly on the ground. He is here to stay. He is here yeah. to stay. And we'll start us off on issue 185. Flynn and Yardley, of course, the creative team. So, a character we haven't seen for a while is back. Mina Mongu. She comes back from her world tour. And running, wow. <laughs> running into Sonic's arms at the airport, welcoming her back. Mm. Uh, you know, mm. ha-ha, ha-ha, ha-ha. And uh, as her manager slash boyfriend, Ash, comes to greet them, and after talking with Mina during the tour, he says he was a jerk towards Sonic and apologizes for his jealousy. That's a little patch-up done. No no need to focus on that. So as he goes to get the band situated, Sonic shows Mina around Nubo Metropolis, and later, the ruins of Knothole, completely razed. She heard about the attack during her tour, which obviously was to rally support against Eggman, and she wrote a song in honor to Knothole, but after seeing it for real, she says it just never did it justice. But one place still remains, Freedom HQ, and Sonic takes her there and seeing Tails repairing the roof. Mighty is inside, just holding up the center beam, just to support Tails, and Mina just asks, well, you know, it's all been so long since I've seen you guys during the last tour. You know, how's how's everyone doing? How's Knuckles doing, by the way? Ooh! Ooh! Not a great question right now. Uh, uh, uh. Not a not a great question. Yeah, uh, Mighty <laughs> and Sonic just kind of look at each other, just, just say nothing. 
And then, you know, Sonic catches Mina up on, you know, the whole, you know, the whole thing that happened. You know, Knuckles kind of just became a malevolent god, you know. It's all right, though. We we fixed it. He's doing all right. He's doing some, you know, R&R. But, you know, uh, the Chaotix are looking after him, though. But we're a little... It's all, it's all fresh. It's all fresh. And Mina's shaken to learn that, too, as Tails flies down. Mina quipping that, uh, the next thing that I know, you, you and it's almost going to be like you and Tails were fighting or something. Uh, that'd be crazy. <laughs> yeah, that would that would be really funny, huh? That would be a real, 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 real little, uh, real little fun moment, huh? Yep, 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 yep. So Tails walks them to the lab, which has a direct line to the city, with Nicole popping in to say hi to Mina. But... She has a request for Sonic. Someone's calling for him. Mogul in the detention center. It's hoping he just has a sore throat. Sonic walks in, ignoring everyone inside for Mogul. Mogul, he requests of Sonic in this stalemate an armistice in the conditions of your surrender and magnanimous departure. Sonic obviously finds this ridiculous. What do you mean stalemate? You don't even have enough magic to give me a headache. What can you do? Mogul just says, don't take me lightly, lest I raise a new fearsome foursome to do my bidding. Sonic just asked, well, what do you mean by that? Looks around at the other four in the cells. Ah, ha ha, funny. Ha, ha, yeah, cute. So he walks away while laughing as Mogul seethes. Not even molding, he's seething. It's that bad, guys. So that night... Knack mentions he wishes, so oh, I, I wish I could make that hedgehog eat his words. And Mogul, meditating, mentions that, oh, then you will enjoy this. My telekinesis right now can't do much, but it can affect those that he's marked. Mogul mentioned that in Travels, there are many he created a telepathic bond with and can reach across the ether to his potential minions. So then, in the dead of night, we see the first mark, Mina. And he talks to her in her sleep and kind of gives gives her some dreams as well. Recalling when Eggman reclaimed the old city and she ran to find her mother. But in her travels, she and Mogul came across each other. And Mogul enhanced her natural prowess but took her memory from her. Giving her her sonic tear enhanced speed. But he says she wasted her gift. And she rises with a little chaos emerald mark on her forehead. The second... Mighty. When he was younger, he and his sister were both oblivious to the fact that their parents were thieves to provide for their family. And when his parents were imprisoned, Mighty found Mogul, begged him for the power to help, and he gave it to him. But his enhanced strength was not enough to liberate his parents, and made him a bit of a pariah. So he left his homeland of Mercea and wandered until he found Angel Island, his final choice of exile. And Mighty wakes up under control. The third, Tails. Mogul reminds him about how he was summoned to try to fight Chaos Knuckles in an enraged state, forced to become Turbo Tails. That's where he, per his words, stepped in and put in a doppelganger and sucked off his Chaos energy to sustain him, but marked him because he believed the Chosen One will be a viable asset. And when he was rescued, neither of them knew of him being bound, so that's when Tails wakes up. And so he says the fourth... We'll need convincing. This is an interesting concept. Um, I like the fact that it is recalling to the uh, Penders era, but using uh, bits and pieces of character lore in order to sort of make this setup for, you know, seemingly his grand escape. 
Right. 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 So now he's doing probably the the worst thing you you could possibly do to Sonic, which is turning his friends against him. And it's also very interesting because with Mina in particular, there never was an explanation as to why she had like Sonic speed. She just kind of like did at for at some point. Mogul saying that it was his doing is a retcon, but it's a very smart retcon. Yeah, it makes sense in context, and I would rather that be the reason that Mina has powers than whatever nonsense uh, Kenders had planned for her. But that's besides the point. So, Sonic, he's asleep, and Mighty just breaks himself into Sonic's room, and the three throw him outside and uh, throw him around a little bit. And all three, surrounding Sonic, say in unison, Mogul speaking through them, you were warned. Rise, my fourth. As Sonic in his disorientation just says, ah, great. Wonderful. That's the end of that story. And we do have a secondary story. So a uh, little correction here, folks. Remember the last time from that misfit of uh, Badnik's Island story that we had? Uh, turns out this is a continuation of that story written by Mike Gallagher and art by Manak. So this is actually the final. So the story goes... So the Badniks from the Sunken Island are trying to repair Pseudo-Sonic, not to much avail, but they found a switch that causes robots to grow exponentially, and he's basically now a kaiju, and but still under the ocean, though. Till a dolphin catches them into a current, mollusks and a jellyfish come in to fuck up two Badniks. Basically, this is the 40 Fathoms Freedom Fighters from the Tales miniseries. This is a hell of a callback. <laughs> More badniks come in to fight them. Pretty even match. But upon seeing the giant Sonic robot, that's when they put their sights onto it. Pseudo-Sonic becomes active as the uh, 40 Fathoms fight more badniks. And in the sweep, it declares war on Mobius as the biggest thing in the planet as it's crushed by a giant blue whale. Takes the head of the robot, sweeps all the broken bots in the trash pile, and with his tail, crushes the metal into a cube day is saved and like everyone goes home and it's like yeah we're done here that's the last story written by gallagher and manak for real this time that's the end of 185 so if you're probably thinking well this is a little this kind of comes out of nowhere it kind of does but hey you know a nice little time to see you know mike gallagher do something for i guess the last time it's bittersweet but you know what good times all around sonic 186 sonic 186 flynn and yardley once again the creative team so, right off the end of the last story, the three are chasing Sonic, Mogul talking through them that all of this could have prevented if Sonic had just simply let him go, still demanding to give him what he wants. But Ash, out of nowhere, tackles Mina and pins her down. Sonic leaps off Mighty to hold on to Tails, but obviously Mighty is still unfazed. But Tails breaks free and flies off, and... Mina hits Ash to escape, and Mighty runs off, all in separate directions. And Ash just asks, like, hey, well, what's going on here? Why, why is Mina gone insane? And Sonic takes him up to speed on Mogul taking their minds over, and since Mina's involved, Ash joins Sonic for the ride. They head to the detention center, Sonic demanding to know where his friends are. All Mogul says is that he's still willing to trade. Listen to my terms, why don't you, Sonic? Well, as for where your friends are, though, right now, <laughs> Tails being sent to fly as high as he can into the stratosphere until he passes out from oxygen deprivation, and the ground will not be a soft cushion. Mina will run into the middle of the ocean, and at Mogul's command will stop dead center, and Mighty will walk into Eggman City without a fight. 
He could Sonic could stop any one of them individually, but not all at the same time. It's uh it's it's I guess one of the things that like a lot of these side villains have a have an issue with is what power scaling? I not necessarily power scaling. I was more going to talk about like planning, right? A lot of the side villains just have really shitty plans. But Mogul's plan is actually pretty smart because it, it's it's lore relevant, and then he uses a couple of events against Sonic, and it's like, oh, wait, so now he's putting him in an unwinnable situation, so he kind of has to give him what he wants, right? Yeah, he kind of checkmate him. Yeah, it's it's definitely a scenario with, like, a no way out, kind of like, it's Couch 22. You, you win, even if you win, you lose. So Ash, in desperation, just asks what Mogul wants. Simply, I was once a god. Now reduced to a minor sorcerer in a cage. Sonic, bring me the Chaos Emerald that you've got. And if you bring it to me, I will bring everyone back unharmed. And Sonic agrees. Welcome to the fearsome foursome. Nicole pops in, just asking, hey, Sonic and Ash, what they're doing there. And Sonic, clenched sheath, just asked, where did you store the Chaos Emerald? Castle Acorn. Why? So Sonic takes Ash and runs. As Tails, Mina, and Mighty are about to reach their breaking points, they steal the Chaos Emerald, Nicole trying to stop them all along the way back, and Sonic throws the Emerald to Mogul, breaking out of confinement, all powered up, and, as promised, returns the three back. Nicole's a little pissed that Sonic did this, but he said he had no choice. Ash even grabbing her, throwing her around, saying, Would you like it better if Mina drowned? Leaving Nicole obviously stunned. Mogul puts the Grey Emerald in his chest, full power returned, and breaks the others out of prison with him. And Mogul snaps Nicole away. Sonic just asked, Well, now what? And this is and this is this is where things get kind of interesting, right? So Mogul basically says, Yeah, uh, I gotta change something. Hmm? I'm out. You win. GG. Literally just I, says business is concluded. I've come to understand in my immator- immortality is basically that I, I can't beat you. And Sonic is just like, what? Huh? What do you mean? Uh, what, what do you mean? Mogul follows up basically saying that Despite him rising to godhood twice, I just want to point that out, he rose to godhood twice and fell. No matter what powers he wields, the fates convene to ensure Sonic's victory. Even if he were to act, something would thwart him. And basically, Mogul's big, big plan is that he has time on his side. He can wait Sonic out. He'll never defeat him, but he will never know peace, nor his children, or his children's children. He calls it patience. <laughs> I I will say it is a uh, it is a bit of a I don't want to say a badass moment, but definitely a very like humbling moment that he basically just admits I can't beat you, but I'm fucking haunting you like a ghost. Yeah, you know, it's actually kind of sobering to see a character like this, especially in this comic, who where if, you know, other writers were in control, there definitely would be like a fight scene and then Mogul would be like, ah, rue the day, yada yada, I'm gonna take my L and go home. But no, Mogul just steps up to the plate, just says, yeah, uh, I can't win. 
Uh, I'm just going to take this loss. I'll take what I can get. Uh, you will never know peace. Fuck you. Goodbye. So he teleports. Yeah, he teleports the others away. Uh, Bean, obviously, you know, being being very goaded, says, uh, "I'll write every day. I'll miss you. <laughs> I'll miss you too, Bean. Love having you around. Love having you around, you little fucker." Afterwards, Tails, Mina, Mighty, in their confusion, they're both really ashamed. All of them. You know, Tails is also cold because he was up in the the fucking atmosphere. Yeah, he poor, poor guy. Yeah. And Mina is confronted by Ash as well. And even though Sonic admits, you know, yeah, the bad guys may have won this time. We've beaten them once. We'll beat them again. That's the end of that story. Now, uh, we've got (laughs) another very interesting secondary story here, folks. Very interesting. The the post-fall Knuckles. Uh, He is here. Uh, We are ready to pick up the pieces. Uh, everything has fallen, and now it is time to, to, to make good on the, uh, the, the follow-up. So, Knuckles is flying over Albion, uh, now completely in ruins, as you remember, uh, basically monologuing how he fucked off really hard. Really, 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 really hard. He is very depressed. He basically talks about... Remington got his life back, which is one of the only good things to come out of this, right? Uh, which, let's be honest, it is. Yeah, yeah. You know, and one good, but one good deed doesn't make up for all the shit he did when he was Enerjack, right? How the fuck is he gonna face his family? The Echidna homeland is destroyed in a husk, but at least the Echidnas will be safe in Albion, safe from me. So Knuckles, my man Knuckles, obviously he's got a lot of guilt, a lot of uh, a lot of survivor's guilt. Post-traumatic stress disorder. Think of it what you will. He's not doing all right in the head. Not. Yeah, he has had his emotions on Whiplash for God knows how long, essentially. So he flips his warp ring to go back to Angel Island, saying, All the people can live here safely without a guardian hovering over them. And his little brother, Kneecap, sees the flash of ring, the flash of light in the sky, and his mom seeing that it could have been Knuckles watching over them. We now see Knuckles stepping out of the ring to the Sandopolis Oasis, the Dingo Encampment, greeting General Stryker, who says he thought he came to, quote, ensure they were struggling. So Stryker shows him that, well, after Enerjack flung my people here, I was able to gather some control again and have this moderate survival out in the desert. Live near an oasis, so you got clean water, the sandworm hunting is good, and it's an only a matter of time until we can return to the interior of the island. And Knuckles says, plainly and cleanly, I welcome you back. Least I can do after what I did to the dingoes. Stryker doesn't understand. It was Enerjack that did that. Knuckles says, well, General, I was Enerjack. And I came here to apologize for what I did as Enerjack. Especially about your son, Cage. And in his, he has like a little bit of an emotional moment. Stryker turns his back to Knuckles, only saying that Cage was a traitor. But your frankness is refreshing for an echidna. Expect my return before long. And Knuckles, with a heavy heavy set of emotions, just says thanks for your time, Stryker, as he sheds a tear for his son. Can't believe I'm saying this, but that's a legitimately good moment. Yeah, it's like human is what it is, like which is... Very weird to say in this context, but it's a human moment, you know? Yeah, I just, I would like to point out that 
the amount, I guess, like, the fact that that moment was handled with any seriousness whatsoever is, like, a part of the reason that Ian Flynn is so good at handling these things. Like, it isn't just, like, puff to give him, like, an ego. Like, legitimately, like, when, when he knows that there's an emotional moment or something tough going on, like, he will portray it very, very well. And that, that's something I've, I've really come to appreciate about his writing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Meanwhile, the Chaotics are making a bridge to the Shrine of the Master Emerald. Ray tells Julie Sue that he can't find Knuckles, must have used the warp ring. And we come to see that Knuckles is spying on them and says that with the bridge finished, maybe they'll go back to Numa Metropolis. And Rouge, hiding near him, calls out to him. Knuckles just says he's not in the mood to talk to her. But uh, through a little back and forth, Knuckles does admit to her him continuing his so-called hermitage just for their own safety. Things were manageable on the island when I was still here, and if I didn't leave, Phanidivis would have gotten to the Master Emerald, the Echidnas wouldn't be nearly extinct, would not have lost control of my powers, and his father would still be alive. Rouge then decides to follow up by basically taunting Knuckles and saying, you know, you don't know that. Eggman Empire could have rolled through, and you can't pretend to know how Phanidivis thinks. And Knuckles kind of snaps, right? Basically saying, what the fuck do you know? Angel Island survived countless disasters under past guardians. Who's to say their ways wouldn't work? Continuing the back and forth. I'd say the fact that the Brotherhood is gone now shows you just how well their ways protected them. Mm -hmm. Haven and all their little tricks didn't stop Dr. Robotnik. Trying to go back to a time-tested failure in policy is only going to make things work for you. And Knuckles can't reply, basically saying, How the fuck do you know so much about my forefathers? (laughs) Rouge, you know, obviously saying that she's a spy. And, you know, giving Knuckles legitimate advice with i'm not saying giving up on the island but you shouldn't give up on the fight below either hiding up here is cowardice and dishonors Locke's sacrifice and now that he's got the the warp ring tech he can keep an eye on both fronts so it makes sense Mm -hmm. and as knuckles sees his friends he steps out of the shadows thanking rouge for getting his head on straight as he welcomes his friends rouge though she stays behind only harping how gullible he is and how easy it is to wrap around her finger. Now, while that's the end of 186, I do have to point out, this was, like, the one little, like, blemish on this comic was, like, Rouge's characterization in that one moment. But that's really just Ian Flynn trying to keep consistent to what the character is right now. Obviously, in our Hindsight is 2020 moment, that scene would not exist in the IDW comics, for example. But... You know, we got to do what we got to do. We got to keep the ball rolling somehow. Rouge being more ambiguous in her alignment is always weird to me because I thought it was made pretty explicit that she was always good, but was more chaotic good. Yeah. Here she's more like chaotic neutral. You know, I don't really like using the D&D alignment chart too much, but it just it feels right to use it because like I understand that like it's okay to portray Rouge as like a spy and a thief, you know, but it's always sort of with the Robin Hood-esque mentality. Occasionally it can be selfish, but for the most part, it's always like she's doing something for the greater good. But just making her blatantly malevolent is a little... It's weird. I I think it's just like the character was misunderstood by previous writers. And as a result, uh, Ian Flynn just kind of has to keep going with it until he can fix it. 
Yeah, pretty much. We'll get to that, though. We will get to that. Sonic 187. 187. Uh, Ian Flynn wrote, and we have a new artist coming in. Matt Herms is his name, and he's actually another long-stay comic artist for Sonic in the present. He's worked on the IDW comics more prevalently, and his art, I have to say, very clean, very on-model, very much akin to Tracy Yardley, what he does. Very good. Very strong. Like it a lot. Matt Herms is a great artist, and I love all of his work. Um, he's he's awesome. I think that he is a great addition to the comic, and he always really gave it his all when it came to basically anything. And uh, I love him. He's a he's a wonderful artist. So, one eighty seven. We start out in a very very nice casino, seeing a certain somebody we have not seen in quite some time. Is is that who I think it is? Why, yes, it's Jeffrey St. John. Boo. Hey, who did that? Fuck you! Boo, boo. Don't worry, guys. Don't worry. Don't worry. We, uh, things are better now. Let's see what can, things what can be done. Let's see what can be done. It's okay. Um, Sonic is, was not quicker in that regard, you know? <laughs> Gonna take the cyanide tablet. Just hold on. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, okay. So, so we're here. So right? we're here. Uh, Rouge and Jeff, uh, Jeffrey St. John are in this casino. Rouge basically saying, relax, we're the best looking couple here and we're just having a good time. With St. John basically replying with, you know, uh, don't let my wife hear that. I mean, I mean, Jeffrey. My man, look at the my situation. Man, look at the situation. Just, and just then, cool your tits. Speaking of characters we haven't seen in a while, uh, Scratch. From AOST, hey, it's Scratch. My man everybody just, love, my, everybody loves Scratch, dude. I love him. That the the AOSTH cast, Kino, Kino, I love him. Truly, best dynamics possible. But he shows up, just says, "quote What happens in the club stays in the club, sir." Straight up saying, "Hey, man, if you're gonna if you're gonna cheat on your wife, it's not my business." I don't. <laughs> I am simply a humble concierge, right? <laughs> which is which is what he says when when Rouge asks uh, who he is, right? And uh, and he, he also says that he answers directly to the club's owner, Mister Mogul. Interesting, interesting. To which he then arrives in a very dapper suit and a walking stick, knowing of Jeffrey and Rouge's status as top spies. To what do I owe the pleasure? Eh, well, just for a game of two-up, says Jeffrey. Well, then, Rouge and, and them, they ask about, well, how did you repurpose an old Robotnik hideout into this international success overnight? Well, if you build it, the people will come in droves. And repurposing uh, old Robotnik badniks in the process as well. And Rouge even notes of his acquiring of a restaurant as well. The casino night zone was lacking in a serviceable kitchen. I don't want my patrons to go unnourished. As now, another AOSTH cast member, Coconuts, walks in. Hey, another one. Let's go. I will say, even if even if this is clearly like a front for some fucking scheme, right, for Mammoth Mogul, I do like the idea that he essentially said, hey, you guys want some work? You guys want to you guys want to do some shit? Because uh, we can take this place and we can we can spruce it up. And he said. And everyone was just like, "All right, I guess." Right. So, so we get a lot of cool, uh, cool little bad Nick references and characters like uh, Scratch and Coconuts, and you know, um, maybe one other one other friend of ours who we might see later. But uh, 
as he walks in with his nice little dapper suit, uh, just says, Mr. Mogul, your investors meeting is about to start as they take their leave. If you need anything, call Scratch. And Mogul walks into the back room, meeting with Knack, Bean and Bark, and Sleuth of the Destructix. Coconuts hops onto a bar stool. And we now see Grounder working as the barkeep. The gang's all here. The gang's all here. The gang is all here. It's 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 beautiful. Uh you know <laughs> classic Grounder, you know. He's a bit of a bit, bit, bit short on the uh the intelligence. So uh the boss got them some nice jobs, but you know, Coconuts is working directly for the boss and uh Coconuts is not happy about it, you know. Left compact on the ocean floor, his dreams of rebuilding the Badnik Horde as crushed as I was. He clawed his way all the way back to the coast and made it here on land. And he was going to unite the Badniks and rise to power. And now he's a butler. (laughs) Which, by the way, I have to point something out. I have a very burning question. Ian, how did you get this information? Because I'm starting to think that that reference to those Gallagher stories, maybe Ian like found those old strips and like referenced that. And then the editors were like, oh shit, we'd never printed this. God damn it. It's interesting because maybe, maybe Gallagher and Ian had talked at one point prior, like, like shortly after he got hired, you know? Mm-hmm. So maybe some of um some of that came from there. I don't know. It's it's very interesting that that Ian had access to all of that, but Yeah. Maybe he maybe he maybe he just wanted to bring the characters back. I don't know. I don't know. But either way, still fun. Still fun. So on the round table, Sleuth corners Mogul, saying that he's gone soft despite getting his powers back, and his new allies are the jokers around him. But Mogul calls this an investment. And if Sleuth works with us again, you, the Destructix, will have a handsome reward. Seeing as we all have a mutual hatred of Sonic, Mogul is willing to pay handsomely for the shoes of Sonic the Hedgehog. Whether his feet are still in them are up to you. Now, this is obviously a very PG way to say that he wants Sonic's head, but can't obviously can't explicitly say that. Yeah, yeah. That's, we, got, we got to do what we got to do. So, basically... uh. You know, we're 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 back in Knothole. Uh, Merlin hits everyone with the green flash of of energy. He basically says, "Yeah, I removed all your fucking curses. Everyone's good to go, including Knuckles, by the way, because technically, while the hex upon him was removed, he probably still had some 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 leftover stuff from Finitivus, right? And also, since Sonic used the Hex Master Emerald to go super, just a precautionary measure for him." Good, 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 good closing of the plot hole, by the way. Mm-hmm. Good closing of the plot hole. Good that he that he remembered. And, um, and my favorite line, though, is said, Hey, by the way, uh, Merlin, why was Sonic able to use the Hexmaster Emerald anyway? To which my man literally just says, Well, it is a mystery. <laughs> it is unknown! But he slowly walks off. Which brings him to his next order of business, though. As a neo-ancient walker, he must study and meditate on his terms to come closer to the Chaos Force. He turns down Tails' offer to stay in the city as a result. So, he just hugs Tails, give my love to your parents, as he walks off. Sonic, then, has to rush out to meet Sally. She wanted to talk with him. And they're on the outskirts of Knothole, trying to come to terms with what happened. 
yeah, they're safe now, but Sonic still feels like he should have done more. And they lament together, you know, being kids, fighting a grown-up's war, even though it was never a big deal when we were able to return home to Knothole. And we've gone through a lot together, the Freedom Fighters have, never made the smoothest transitions, even Sally asking about her little outburst during Sonic's homecoming, which we even referenced the the slap of issue 134. It's rough, man. We 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 pretend we do not see it. <laughs> I I mean it's really funny just to bring this up because even they're obviously aware of the infamy of it all, which is again hilarious because social media was not big at the time this uh this comic was released. So I'm guessing that the editors were really paying attention to the fan forums. I just think the thought of that is very funny. Anyway. Yes. Yes. Sonic though says he's cool with it. We moved on. And Sonic and Sally are very close to having a moment. She's happy to have Sonic as a friend, and maybe they see a bomb dropped into their hands. <laughs> I swear the timing of these things, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a little line from Sonic. Uh, <laughs> Sally basically remarks um, the more incoming, and uh, Sonic's just like, oh god, please no. Beat and Bark show up. Of course they do, the little fuckers. Sonic uh, rushes in. Bean dodges, Bark taking the heavy hits, putting together with, with them back, moguls in action and covering their tab. Also Bark though, so he's mute, so Sonic doesn't know why he's doing his exposition dumps to him. Basically a direct line for the record. So Bean is about to lob another bomb towards Sonic. Sally sneaks up from behind, grabs his live ammo. Bean demands it back, but Sally goes... Hey, but just look how shiny it is, though. Like, <laughs> hey, man, hey, man, you you want to check out this MF shiny bomb? And and Bean's just like, yeah, yeah, it's a real shiny fucker yeah, right there, yeah, it's real. And <laughs> Sally throws it. Bean runs after it like a dog, catches it. It explodes. Sonic compliments her, but uh, gets punched in the fucking face by Bark. And uh, you know the force of which. Throws Sonic to the raised field, landing right in the middle of the Destructix. It'd be like that. <laughs> Not a great day for Mr. Hedgehog. Uh, potentially romantic reunion interrupted, and now he's here and dealing with uh, these dudes. While Sonic, though, is still up for a fight, even notes that it will be easier since Scourge and Fiona turn tail, but the four of them have Sonic cornered. But with this small space, Sonic is able to run into a small circle, catching them with wind force. But Hawk flies through the wind and is able to land a hit. Frog and Link's getting some in too. All saying they've suffered enough indignity at Sonic's hands. Draco especially. Sonic only just says get used to it with Simeon hitting Draco as Sonic dodges. Bean and Bark though watch the fight. Bean pretty into it as Sally calls out to them. Says she needs to help Sonic so she offers them a deal. Use my status as princess. Your sentences are diminished along with your outstanding charges. Whatever mogul's pain, you guys, I'll beat it. And Bean says, so, not work for mogul, mogul, work for you, for money, and cupcakes? Yeah, sure. Yeah. What do you say, big guy? Easy money is easy money, right? I, I love Bean so much in these comics. They they really did a knockout job with him. They gave him a lot of personality. So much personality, it is the personality. You love to see it. You do, you do, you do. 
So Sonic is being held down as Simeon is about to charge in, but Bark takes him out as Bean bombards them, and in the chaos, Sally grabs Sonic and leads him out. Sonic, Sally, along with Bean and Bark, take everyone out, Sally demanding Sleuth to surrender, and he refuses, saying that he has one last ace up his sleeve. We then see Knack, sniper reticle over Sonic. (laughs) (laughs) Mobian sniper. (laughs) And uh, takes him out with the family-friendly dart. So he's out cold. So the Destructix then move to load Sonic up. Bean and Bark is just saying, ah, well, uh, since we goofed up on your job, Sally, we'll just switch back and just get paid out by Mogul. The Destructix leave. Nax says that he wants to stay behind because he has a score to settle with the princess. This can be his tip. They leave, but Sally says to Nax that she's not going to beg. He says, no, that'd be boring. So he wonders, can you make it to Freedom HQ and rally the troops in 10 seconds? 10 seconds. Let's find out. And he begins the countdown from 10 as Sally runs. End of 187. Uh, Quite the stakes. Uh, I will say, quite the stakes. It was just like an adrenaline rush right at the end. Imagine waiting a month for that conclusion, boys. Yeah, it's uh, it's quite the quite the comic. Sonic the Hedgehog, 188. Flynn and Herm's the creative team once again. So, our boy Sonic, shackled up in a dark, smelly place, and surrounded by guys who hate him. How'd he get here? <laughs> so he reminisces. About sort of the events and, you know, basically says, until something happened, right? And he thought he heard Knack talking and Sally. And the first thought in his mind is that Sally's now alone. And he starts freaking out a little. Sonic tries to struggle a little bit, but Simeon just says, don't bother, buddy. You're going nowhere. And we move to see Sally. She's running as Knack counts down. And as he hits one, he fires. But she jumps into the secret slide entrance. Knack not expecting that. Ah, uh, the, the good old, good old. The good old, good She got him, boys. She got him. So she slides in out of breath, but only Amy is inside asking where everyone is. She says right now everyone's either in the city or at Angel Island. So Sally just says, well, the two of us will have to do as Amy summons her hammer. Clearly ready to go. We stand, Amy. Uh, Amy coming at coming at this uh, like guns blazing. She's ready to fucking go. She's all in. I like how Amy just has such little context that all Sally has to do is just say, "Yo, we gotta fuck someone up." A word <laughs> on God. Knack <laughs> follows Sally through the secret slide, popping in. First thing, seeing Sally guarding the front door, saying he figured that she'd do that. And Amy comes in from behind saying, yeah, and I thought you'd take the slide. As she hits him in the back, flunging him out of the base. And inside the lab, Nicole calls in asking what the problem is. Nothing we can't handle. So just put a call to whoever can answer to arrest Knack. By the way, Sonic's been kidnapped. Nicole then like immediately answers, okay, I'll call the Freedom Fighters. We'll do everything. And Sally says, don't bother. We'll do that ourselves. We got it. We got this. Yeah, this is this is actual legitimate female empowerment. Like they're taking care of it. They've got it under control. This is this is this is good female writing. And not cringe female writing. We're past those days. We are past those days. Back at Mogul's bar, uh Sonic is in the back room 
still bound, but now being mocked at by Scratch Grounder and Coconuts. Even though, at one point, they forget their little team name that was given to them by Robotnik, but Sonic remembers. Oh, does he remember? The super special Sonic Smirch and Smash Squad. Based. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's so cute. There, I, I, I like. I li- something I really like about this scene is that Sonic is so over these guys. <laughs> he's dealt with them so many times that he's just like, ugh. Direct line is, I've stomped you guys when I was eight. You're way out of your league now. Yeah, it's it's very cute. So Sleuth demands to know where Mogul is. Coconut says he's busy attending to the casino. He's a busy man. He'll pay when he's ready. But Sleuth warns Sonic's got a habit to breaking out or getting rescued by the Freedom Fighters. If you want to keep him around, the boss better come collect. So Coconut just walks away to tell Mogul of their impatience, but it's still your job to keep Sonic restrained. Meanwhile, Amy and Sally find their way to Mogul's casino, wondering if they're in the right place, to which they run into Jeffrey. Yeah, we sure are. So Jeffrey tells them that after Mogul escaped, Elias sent Jeffrey out to do intel, and since Gun caught wit of it, they requested a joint op and sent Rouge, who we then see coming flying down. Sally says Sonic's been kidnapped, and their tracks led him to here, so Rouge just says, ah, follow me. In the back room, Bean, our guy, is just bothering Sonic with questions. Why is he so fast? Why are you so blue? Are you and Sally going to marry and have mutant hedge squirrel babies? The one question to get under his skin. <laughs> and at that exact moment, uh, Jeffrey, Amy, and Sally bust the fuck in. Everybody down! And they start an all-out brawl. Sonic's shackles are broken. He drags Bean down the bar. My man, and also Bean's having fun with it. He's having, he's having time of his life doing that. Homing attacks Bark. Sally and Jeffrey, you know, reminisce on this as, ah, you know, the good old days when we were fighting together like this. Huh? Good times, good times. Scratch and Grounder hide behind the bar. They're freaked as to what's happening. As Rouge comes to step in behind Sleuth, saying that Mogul already paid her. Don't worry about it. It's small scale, so just listen to me, okay? With the rest of the Destructics down, Sonic decides to take the fight to Mogul and calls him out to the main hall. As old SWATBOT bouncers attempt to remove him, but Sonic just smashes through them no problem. As Mogul steps down, just asking what is the meaning of all this, Sonic, our business was concluded. Then Sally just asks, well then why did you put a bounty on Sonic? Put a bounty on an innocent young man? How petty do you presume me to be? So my man Mogul has just taken the uh, deny everything approach. Cool. Kino based. Cool. Awesome. Uh, very, very politician-like. So, how else do you explain the thugs who trapped Sonic in your back room? Preposterous. What have you been using the old bar for, Sleuth? And Sleuth just says he's gone soft. You've used your old bar as a front for our merc actions. As the SWAT bot bouncers take him away. Mogul then chastises Sally for throwing accusations with no proof. And she has nothing to counter it. He takes his leave. Not happy that they disturbed their place of business. And Amy just in the back just as just... Just give me one whack at him. Just give me one good one on him. But Sally just says, no, we're done here. Mogul just mentions he will bill Elias for the repairs. And behind a slot machine, Sleuth tells Draco that the fest was part of the act. And Mogul will just be happy with Sonic's humiliation alone. So don't worry about her paycheck. And per Rouge's words, so all is said and done. 
We then see Sonic and Sally heading back in the hover car, Jeffrey included, Sonic running alongside. May have been a little embarrassing, but Sonic was rescued, so mission accomplished. Sonic even thanking Sally, since he's not used to being rescued. But Bunny, though, radios in. She and Antoine are at Freedom HQ with no sign of Knack, but they're almost back anyway. We then move to a different locale. Similar, but different. We see Fiona. She's an anti-Mobius, talking with anti-Tails and Rotor. Have they got the glow posts running? Yeah, we sure do. Well, you better be. You don't want to keep him waiting. And the two of them exchange a bit of a sour look. She moves to Anti-Sally and Anti-Antoine patch if they're ready. Anti-Sally muttering under her breath, more than you'd ever be. As Fiona tries to get her to speak up, but Patch holds her back. Fiona walks into the throne room. Everything is set to go, your majesty. And we get a full shot of Scourge sitting on an iron throne and crowned a match. End of 188. Well now. Well now. These comics are just giving us a 1-2 back to back. Ian Flynn loves his cliffhangers, boys. He loves his cliffhangers. He does. He does. All right. It's time to get into some good stuff. Some real good stuff. Very beloved arc upcoming. So uh, we are on Sonic the Hedgehog number 189. Flynn and Yardley, the creative team. A bold new Mobius. And you'll, you'll see what we mean by that. Yes. We open in the labs of Freedom HQ. Tails bringing in Rotor to see why the star posts turned themselves on. Rotor's stumped. They're only supposed to be used to travel into the special stage zone. And as a voice comes through saying they're plenty special, attacking Tails and Rotor with sonic waves, they see Anti-Rotor stepping himself out, calling himself Boomer. <laughs> listen, listen. It's funny. It's like in, 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 in retrospect, this is insanely funny. But at the time, it was completely fine. Yeah, it's just one of those things. Couldn't help that. Boomer mocks them, saying that you can't even stand up. Tails swoops in to attack as Anti-Tails intercepts, and he mentions he doesn't really enjoy being referred to by that name, only asked to be called Miles. As another voice says, nice work, Anti-Sally, Princess Alicia, asking Pash to refer to Her Highness to say if the coast is clear. She hears, Fiona calls it, Suppression Squad, press forward. So... All of the anti-freedom fighters kind of got a bit of a glow up alongside Scourge, huh? Yeah, I think this is probably one of the coolest things that this arc does. Um, obviously, Scourge is a fucking sick character and his reappearance into the comic was really cool. But now the fact that we are now getting the same treatment for the other anti-freedom fighters and making them a legitimate threat is fucking awesome. I'm such a fan of it. Meanwhile, in Moo Mobitropolis, the Freedom Fighters and Chaotix are fighting the Dark Egg Legion. Sonic asks why he was tagged along. This is not something I really needed to be here for, but Knuckles just says he still feels responsible for all this. The plan. Clear a path for Knuckles to speak with their leader to try to make amends. See if anything can be done after, you know, he took away their cybernetics as Enerjack. Hey, you know. Back in the HQ, Alicia sends Patch out to check if the coast is clear. And he says, uh, don't worry about it. There's no real threat. As Amy comes in to smash her hammer near his head, only saying, you've got a lot of nerve to come back here after all you've done. 
So Patch runs, pissing his pants in fear, and says in his uh, uh French that the girl is a monster as she's trying to seriously kill him. See, this is also very funny because there's two ways that you can look at this. You can look at this as Patch being a coward, you know, very akin to Antoine, right? But there's also, maybe he's scared of Amy for another reason. Maybe there's a reason he's calling her a monster. You can also kind of give this as like another interpretation, uh, completely separated from what you're implying, Aaron, because I know what you're talking about. Hey, hey. But there's the other interpretation of like, now that Antoine has like chatted the fuck up, his antiverse counterpart like became cringe. Well, yeah, because it's like, the thing is about like the antiverse characters is that they did not go through any of the character development that the mainline characters had. So they're all like all of the worst qualities amplified. Patch is screaming for his life. Bunny only saying, just leave some for the rest of us. Boomer comes from behind, hits Bunny with a blast, freeing Alicia with Sally then coming in to join the fight, fly kicking Alicia in the back. In the lab, Tails and Miles are still tussling. Fiona says to Miles to keep him occupied. And Antoine comes in, sword in hand, asking Fiona what she's doing from them. You're not from their zone. Like, what's all this? She only says, I'm here for the same reason you are. I want to speak to the lady in charge. Back in New Megapolis, Sonic and Mighty clear the path for Knuckles to fly up. And he talks to Lane Da, only asking her that, you know, things don't have to be like this anymore. You don't have to be like how it was in the old days. Can we give peace a chance? And then Lane... <laughs> <laughs> and then Linda, in her classic girl boss bitch fashion, fuck this character, by the way, basically says, you know, uh, no, don't pretend to know what's best for us. Uh, the ancestors never did, and you're just as clueless now. Uh, where are my reinforcements? Fuck you. We're falling back. <laughs> yeah, Linda just asks Nui for reinforcements. He's just like, what are you talking about? You are the reinforcements. Shut up. So she orders the fall back. The position is lost, and Knuckles is a little dejected, but... Sonic perks him up. Maybe she'll straighten out after the city's a little more trash. So they uh, they call in the B-team. Saffron, what's going on? They're doing good. Ray and Charmy have set the charges to the satellite tower. And with it gone, Eggman won't be able to contact half the continent. But she sees the Legion closing in and panics for reinforcements. But we move back to Freedom HQ. Amy and Sally take cover from Boomer. Sally trying to make way to the comms to call Sonic back. But he's standing in her way. As Bunny flies in to pin him down, Sally slides underneath the clash of Antoine and Patch's swords. Amy is restricted by Alicia's whip. And finally, Sally is intercepted by Fiona from the mic. But Sally just says, hey, it was part of the distraction. Seeing Rotor be the one calling for Sonic, which he gets in the field. The Chaotix will help Saffron out as Sonic heads back to home base. A Legionnaire calls out to Landa. An Eggman pod is being sent in, her thinking it's Snively, but instead it's Dimitri. He came to help, taking command with a scorpion mech to ensure the safety of his people. And Dimitri commands his legion, Do not hesitate to fire upon your own kind. They have abandoned us. Fight here and now. Knuckles in the Chaotix looking down at him saying that maybe sending Sonic back was kind of a bad idea. I love Vector's expression here, because it's literally just a face of like, are you fucking kidding me right now? <laughs> it's just like, hot, damn it. Oh, fuck, are you for real? Now Sonic bursts through the door, Sally saying, Sonic, in here, come! 
And then as he comes in, Fiona calls out, Hun, gotta speed up your grand entrance. And our favorite villain, I like to think, Scourge, steps through the portal. Again, same parallel shot of Sonic busting in through the door. Attention to all scrubs in this zone. The king has arrived. Respect. He has arrived. It's him. It's it's king. King based. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. King like, based. It's just like this is this is just good. Like it is good. It's like it this is... is one one thing. One thing I feel like we're doing a lot, at least here, is that we're sort of skimming, right? But like you need to understand that us skimming isn't like a rejection of like what's going on. It's more that there's not really a lot to talk about within the specific back and forth, back and forth outside of a few things. It's just really well paced and really well written. Like, we don't have that much to say, like, really. Compare this to, like, previous episodes in the Penders era. Honestly, when I took my notes, a lot of skimming was just sort of like, I don't want to fucking go through this shit. I'm just gonna... uh." But now here we are, like... Kind of still skimming just because there's really not a lot to talk about. But also, it's just like, you know what? Good pacing, good writing, good characterization, good developments going on. Like, nothing negative to say right now at the very least. But that's 189 done. Let's move on to 190. Flynn Yardley, the creative team. And actually, I want to point this out. The cover of 189 and now this cover 190, two connecting issues of the Freedom Fighters and the Suppression Squad about to clash into each other in front of Freedom HQ. I, I love this. I always love it when comic book covers do these connecting issues anyway. It's great. I love it. Yeah, it's uh it's a uh, it's it's very, 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 very cool. Big fan of the the two issues spread. So we jump in and Sonic basically says, you know, I'm guessing this home invasion is your pride idea, right? And Scourge replies with that's King Scourge, Sonic. Oh, so now you're officially a royal pain. <laughs> And then Scourge starts explaining, and this is where things get interesting. So basically, remember remember back when uh, Scourge and Sonic had that little discussion, that little back and forth when uh, Fiona uh, officially revealed that she was with Scourge, right? Mm-hmm. Basically, it got Scourge thinking. You know, he admits it, right? He made sense. He got him thinking. And where did his natural conclusion come to? He says, Sonic, you're the hero of Mobius, most powerful dude on the planet. So what does that make me? Well, I went back home, applied myself a little bit. I conquered my home planet in a matter of days. Gave my world the same treatment on our birthday. I'm not just your evil twin anymore, buddy. Now you're looking at Scourge, the king of Moabius. And now Mobius Prime will fall to my suppression squad. Good. This is really good. What what makes this interesting is that the fact that Sonic basically gives in this whole discussion and it actually affects him and makes him think and he the the conclusion he comes to The is, exact opposite Sonic wanted. <laughs> yeah. He takes it all the way. He says, Ah, if I leaned more in the direction that I want, I can do anything. And so he takes over his whole fucking planet. Like, that's so good. Yeah, like, it's it's sort of like a natural conclusion to, like, these characters as well. Because, like, think about the concept from, like, the original concept. They're from a, an, a moral axis flip universe. So 
Sonic and the Freedom Fighters of that world are like the Robotnik of the situation. So we can assume that they deposed Sally's dad and kind of like mismanagedly ruled the kingdom of Acorn. And so Scourge comes home and just be like, we can do better than this shit. And then whole planet is under Scourge's banner. Fellas, we've been saying it a lot, but I'm fuck. I'm going to say it again. Based. Based. Very based. The following page uh, is essentially, you know, a, a declaration of, uh, of war uh, by Sonic. Freedom Fighters and the Suppression Squad clash. Uh, Rotor basically commenting that he doesn't want to be in the middle of that, and he's thankful for his neck injury. Each character going up against each other, uh, pointing out their core flaws, ironically enough. Uh, mm-hmm. Miles and Tails having a discussion about the fact that he ignored his magical heritage and uh, follows uh, Sonic like a pup, right? Makes him sick, per his words. Yeah. Um, Antoine and Patch basically talking about the fact that, you know, like father, like son. Very almost driving the dagger through 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 the, the recent wound. Mm. Bunny, even though, because Rotor can't fight, but Bunny fights against Boomer and basically, you know, it's a comment on the fact that he'd will willingly give up being natural. Very interestingly, he says anything to claw my way out of obscurity, which is actually a very good line because I think it shows that one of the things that maybe Rotor fears is the fact that he will be left behind. Amy and Fiona fighting, basically her being like, I have no remorse for betraying Sonic and the Free Freedom Fighters. She still has like that old wound still fresh in her. Yeah. Sonic and Scourge are about to clash, but Sally intercepts with her own fight with Alicia, the respective taking each other out. She apologizes for calling him back on his mission with the Chaotix, but uh, don't worry about that. They can hold their own. Which we then see them. They see Dimitri and the Legion protecting the tower, charged to explode. As Dimitri calls out to Knuckles, asking, are you not happy with the damage you caused to Eggman's city during the incident? Are you not content? And Lane Dot chimes in, well, perhaps he's being a good little dog for the Republic of Acorn. The island is free of his enemies, so perhaps he's just here being greedy. To which then Dimitri calls the troops to fire. And as they hide behind the debris, Knuckles is kind of at a crossroads. They have a mission to finish, friends to save, Vector says, but Knuckles kind of has to regain his composure. Despite him being obviously upset about... The fact that these are technically still his people, the last few echidnas that exist on Mobius. But Vector's right. We got a mission to do and charges in with the Chaotix behind directly in the line of fire. Now back in HQ, back in HQ, Sonic's homing attack Scourge, almost knocking him back into the portal to Moebius. But Fiona grabs him and his crown saying, what do you want us to do? And then Scourge, in anger, snatches the crown from Fiona's hand. I almost got tossed back home. I want you jerks to get your act together. You do not want to be sent home with me. And in this moment, his like moment of like true anger and terror, the rest of the suppression squad react to that sentence with genuine fear. Specifically, Patch is seen holding his hand over his eye patch. That's a little detail, but it it's kind of important. Yeah, I think it's it's very interesting because it's clearly showing something and, you know, we'll, we'll probably touch on it later, but remember this moment. It's very important. But basically, they get their second wind. Rotor talking to Nicole. This is only getting worse. Can you call the Chaotix back? They can't get through to them. 
Rotor trying to figure out what he can do, but Nicole basically saying, you need to get to safety. You're still recovering. Rotor is crying at this point. Try and Nicole is trying to convince him that it isn't cowardice, but you know you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, Nicole just says that she'll keep an eye on their friends. And as Fiona calls out that Rotor is running away, Miles rushes in to grab him, but Tails fly kicks him down, and Sally is grabbed by Alicia's whip, asking since she's not the one in charge anymore. A little reef shuffling when Scourge came back. Fiona is his queen now, so. Right now, survival is more important than tactics. Uh, okay. Whatever. <laughs> so, um, cute moment. Uh, Anton and Bunny are talking. Uh, Anton is uh, full-on kind of edge mode now because Patch uh, almost killed his fucking dad. Bunny is basically like, hey, d- don't get bent on revenge, right? And... He basically says, whoa, 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 look, look, it's not about revenge. It's about the fact that he almost, he, 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 he took my father from me and, and nearly took my honor. I could not go on with my life <laughs> if, uh, if, if, if the man who almost lost the love of my life was still here, right? And she's just like, as long as your heart is in the right place, it's all good. <laughs> I, I still don't know if that's not exactly the right place, but you know, whatever. Miles, though, discovers them, Patch and Boomer grabbing them, sword to Bunny's throat. Miles only says to him, get on with it. But Sonic hits them down one by one and they're all out. Scourge spin dashes under Sonic's legs. Get with the program, buddy. You kneel to me. As Amy comes in from behind to smash him, but he kicks the hammer out of her hand, only saying, quote, I don't need to deal with another one of you. We'll get to that. Hmm, this is starting to get a little interesting. So Sonic hits him with the leg sweep, knocks him down, scourge cursing, but they can't put the cursing in there, you know, because, uh... Family-friendly comic, guys. Family-friendly comic, yep. And we cut back to the Chaotix. Holding the line. Linda having a, a Linda moment, uh, saying that they've been s- routed. Basically, simply saying, you know, I already told you, you're all there is. Deal with it. Julie Sue knocks down her fucking eggmobile. And, uh, bam, the tower is blown up. The three bees, uh, well, the two bees and, uh, Ray fly out. And mission accomplished. Yeah, Landa orders a retreat to the city, and Knuckles calls it done and dusted. But Knuckles asks to Dimitri, what are you doing out here? You're a scientist, not a general. Good catch, Knuckles. Good catch, Knuckles. It's almost as if I've wormed my way into Eggman's inner ranks to purposefully weaken the greatest terror in the world. But he flies off before Knuckles tries to understand what he means. Well, it's a shame you didn't inherit my brother's intellect. Vector calls it crazy talk. As Knuckles just says, well, I guess we got to get back to HQ. It's very interesting that we are kind of starting to see a bit of a collapse of the Eggman Empire. <laughs> Things are starting to get real rough for those uh, those guys. They don't really have a lot left. Uh, it's starting to get a little desperate. Hmm. Hmm. In HQ, the Freedom Fighters and the Suppression Squad are evenly matched. Tails saying so himself, and the place is getting wrecked, and we just finished fixing it up, too. God damn it. Sally orders a fall back to the common room, asking Bunny hold them back with a force field. Sonic just asks, what are you doing? We cannot give up the HQ to them. But Sally says, listen, right now we're outmatched. 
Let's just wait for the Chaotix to come back and plan the next move out from there. But the shield doesn't hold and gets destroyed by Boomer's blasts. Sonic's saying to Scourge, Don't get comfy. We'll be back. As they run outside, the Chaotix get back there right then and there. Julie Sue asks what happened. An invasion from the Antiverse. Freedom HQ is lost, but we'll be taking it back real soon. End of 190. All right, we are we are we are trucking along. We have two more, two more comics, two more yeah. very fun comics. Very yeah, I'm fun. having a good time. These are these are really good. So 191, Flynn Yardley, the creative team, of course. So we start with a uh, a nice little shot of uh, Miles opening the door, uh, basically telling him, uh, telling Scourge, uh, you know, uh, there's someone here to see you. Well, more like something. As Metal Sonic stands in the doorway, Scourge walks out, and Eggman is on the line. They talk for a bit. Scourge explaining, you know, you used to know me as the anti-Sonic, I've gotten my act and my world in order, so it's King Scourge now, right? And he basically says that he got Freedom HQ under control, and, well, that changes plans for today for, for good old Eggman. And uh, he turns metal around when Scourge says, hey, you know, uh, honest mistake. I'll let you know when I'm ready to conquer other parts of this planet. But Eggman, though, changes plans yet again. Why pass up one uppity hedgehog for another as metal grabs Scourge's arm? In New Mobotropolis, Sonic and Knuckles present themselves in front of the council, demanding a fight with the suppression squad to get their base back. Rosemary says Eggman is the greater threat here. And Scourge won't make gains easily here, despite what happened on his home world. The council votes 4-2 against dedicating resources to fight Scourge, the two votes being Uncle Chuck and Rotor. And Sonic is pissed on the result. So now we're starting to see the whole trappings of government thing here. It's very apparent that, uh, that there is sort of an impasse here. Uh, more that, like... The problem with the Democratic Council is obviously that now that there is a voting system, doing that breaks the law. And when that breaks the law... Yeah. And it's also kind of an interesting thing to think about is how the majority of them don't really have any context of the... Or, like, not personal context. Like, they've never seen the so-called antiverse and all that stuff. So it's like, oh, an evil you came from the evil world and took your freedom age. Who, who cares? Shut the fuck... Who cares? Deal with that later. Deal with that later. We, we, we're we making gains on Robotnik right now. This is a big time for us. Like, why would we even bother, right? Which makes... It makes sense in some departments, but it doesn't make sense from the personal perspective, which is... You know what? What what we've been getting, which I think is it, it's it's decent drama, right? Yeah. So Sonic and Knuckles go outside, and oh boy, oh boy, this conversation is uh, a little a heavy. Lot. A little heavy. You know, Sonic and Knuckles are talking. Basically, Sonic is like, "Oh, we can take the place back ourselves. Fuck these guys." And then Knuckles actually says, "I don't know. Maybe they kind of have a point, right?" So Sonic decides. A very uh, interesting moment. Basically says, I know you don't agree with them. You need to do what you think is right. <laughs> oh boy. Knuckles lashes out and says, I did. And now my dad is. And then he just turns away. And Sonic realizes how bad he fucked up. And all Knuckles just says to him is, do whatever you want. 
Sonic rushes out the city despite the losses they had in recent times. We were able to bounce back. Not whole that situation. Eggman City is on its last legs. And Mogul's manageable. So he figures he can go to Freedom HQ to handle Scourge alone. But then he sees Metal Sonic beating him to the punch. Literally. So he sees Metal pinning Scourge to the wall. Miles kind of enjoying seeing Scourge getting thrown around like this. Scourge, you conquered the whole world on your own. So why, if you you really need help with just this one little robot, that'd be insulting to your legacy, your highness, right? Right? And Scourge <laughs> is like, yeah, I, that, that's correct. Shut the fuck up. As he tries to kick it in the groin, does nothing. As Sonic homing attacks Metal, freeing Scourge. And he actually offers Scourge, hey, a truce to deal with Metal, which he rejects, slapping his way a hand. More than happy to bust two Sonic heads. And Eggman agrees, and both rushing Sonic in the middle. We then move to a scene. Knuckles sitting near the Lake of Rings, looking at his warp ring. Julie Sue behind, asking if he's seen Sonic. He ran to take Freedom HQ by himself. And she's a little pissed. They're supposed to be working together here. But Knuckles just says, well, at least he can trust his gut. He says that he makes too many mistakes on his own, Knuckles does, but following everyone else also just brings mistakes, Julie soon notes. Knuckles uh, is kind of having a bit of a moment, a full-on breakdown. He's yelling at Julie Sue. I listened to my dad, now I'm alone. I listened to everyone else, Angel Island is torn apart. And I listen to myself, I make everything worse. And Julie Sue's like trying to calm him down, like, hey... Everything will be fine. Don't worry about it. Don't say everything will work out. My people are almost wiped out. My dad is gone and I can't face my mother. And then Julie Sue grabs him again, trying to shake him out of it. This is affecting me too, you know. They're my people too. They're my family as well. And my family are working for Eggman. And Knuckles takes the blame, 100%. But she's trying to say it's not his fault. Shouting and fighting though is not going to help, but she's not helping either. And with a flip of the warp ring, Knuckles leaves to Angel Island. And he's gone in a flash. And she admits as she's crying, I did not mean for this to be a fight. Yeah, Knuckles having a, a mental breakdown uh, right before our eyes. You know, uh, very, very, very raw from, from Mr. Flynn. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, this is what I mean when I say he's showing his muscles. Like you think You think the games would do stuff like this? No, they're too scared. They're too afraid. So, Scourge and Metal are both targeting Sonic, but he dodges. Scourge tries to go in for another hit, but Metal gets him over the head. Eggman just says, hold out. Reinforcements are almost ready, my dear Metal. Scourge tries to get another hit on Sonic with a dodge, and he tries to clarify what he meant about the whole full potential thing. You know, I meant that as like a moral perspective, you know? And Scourge just says, yeah, yeah, sure, but you know, being a hero doesn't get what I want. Look. I got a whole planet now. Instead of people waving, they bow to me. And I got that my way, not yours. And while Sonic is down, he offers his hand. Again, he's fully cast in shadow. Potential goes both ways, Sonic. And you're full of untapped potential. What do you say? Why don't we conquer this stupid planet together? And rule the entire multiverse as twin, unstoppable kings. Raw. Raw. raw raw very raw i mean 
Like, do we even need to say anything? The fact that he essentially reverses the speech that Sonic gave him, in a, like, several issues ago, and now flips it on him, and Sonic is the one who's kind of in disbelief and kind of thinking about it, is crazy. It's so good. And obviously, Sonic is shocked by this offer, only saying, I, 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 but Scourge gets interrupted by Metal Sonic. Hey, we're conducting business here! At the Master Emerald Altar, Knuckles is when Archimedes and Charmy, he's picking flowers below. And Archimedes just says that, well, it sounds like Julie Sue was just worried for you. We all are. You've got a lot of things to figure out after being Enerjack. And Charmy, though, he says that, you know, my mind gets muddied up too every now and again. But if I get angry about it, it's just a distraction. So I tell myself, there will always be more flowers. And Knuckles and Archimedes look at each other. Saying that's surprisingly relevant. Wow, that I can't believe I can't believe Charmy really hit us with the deep philosophical shit right now, bro. Like he really did that. <laughs> it's really good, honestly. No, it's it's a like I understand why they had to kidify Charmy, but like if they're gonna kidify him, they have to make like the moments where he's around like very very strong, like. The idea, you know, of there will always be more flowers. Life will always grow. Yeah. The past will 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 be the past. Things change. Is like, yeah. damn, bro. That that he really did hit us with the real shit. I he like did. that was nice. Made, yeah, made I me like feel that too. Good. Yeah, yeah, same, same, same. Archimedes encourages him to go on. I'll cover things here. So Knuckles warps to the middle of the city. Behind the Chaotix, Vector leading them along that the town meeting's about to start, and he goes directly to Julie Sue. Listen, I messed up. Can I say sorry now and work on it later? Sure. Sorry for yelling. And they smile, hand in hand. Uh, you think we should push to go after Sonic, Knuckles? Nah, he's a big boy. He can handle himself. Which we then see him struggling a little bit between Scourge and Metal. <laughs> Okay, so this is this is my favorite part of the entire issue, right? So basically, <laughs> a green metal foot goes down, Scourge's glasses go down, and Sonic, oh, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> and, and they're so surprised at what they're looking at. Coming, the voice of Eggman coming out of this robot. You like it? It's a little something that I threw together. And we see... Metal Scourge based based. This is based. I, I so based. This is a base. So un- this is based overload. You don't understand. I I can't fucking believe it. It's just like this is just so creative. Like I like this is kind of what like IDW Sonic is lacking, and I know this is kind of an unfair comparison, but like I there's just so many like raw moments of like oh this is like this is raw. This is raw. This is just so good. Like, I, I am at a loss for words of how good it is. Yes. Um, so, so oh we God. need to, oh, oh, um, we okay, need look, to have a I, little, we need to have a little discussion. Okay, okay, hold on, wait, stop. So we have story B here. Flynn and Yardley did the art. This is a non-canon adaptation of Sonic Chronicles The Dark Brotherhood. Uh, for those not listening, or for those um, uh, wa- uh, listening, not have the video version, I am giving the most pained look I've ever given in my life right now. I am in distress. Because, look, we, it's... We, uh, we can... Okay, so all we're going to say is this comic is part of what we would like to call a domino effect, folks. <laughs> 
Uh, them making this comic and flicking the domino per se, uh, unfortunately leads to a series of events, uh, which is going to affect this comic forever. Yeah, it's not, unfortunately, it's not the time. Uh, it's not the time to talk about it. We're, we're not going to talk about it, but all we're going to say is that, 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 that keep this game, despite it being a piece of fucking garbage, in the back of your mind because it's a domino effect. Yeah, so uh, anyway, the way that this is structured is that it's a prequel to the game's story. Tails and Knuckles are setting a trap for some thieves. They put a Chaos Emerald inside a little trap to find whoever's taking them. It's these three people who have cloaking devices, and the trap springs on them. So their cloaking devices are downed. Knuckles engages with them directly. And uh, they's able to take them out, and more start coming in in waves, and Knuckles is able to fight them all one like single-handedly. But another arrives, a woman's voice. Knuckles just says, "Hey, don't don't fuck with me here." And they fight, and she's impressed, but knocks him out. And you know, with him knocked out, it's all done and dusted. One of these marauders, so they're called, give the emerald to this woman, Shade. Two more taking Knuckles' body away and on their commander's order disappear in a flash. Tails, who saw all of this behind, just rushes to call Sonic. Maybe Amy, even Gun. We need a whole team to get Knuckles back. So that's the end of 191. Um, should we just move on? I mean, I... We, again, we will talk about it when the time comes, but for right now, we move. We move. Uh, 191 done. Final comic we've got for you tonight, guys. Flynn and Yardley doing the art. Sonic number 192. And now Sonic. We open. <laughs> th- my favorite my favorite trope of all time in any media is essentially the vibe you get where they go, Yep, that's me. You're probably wondering how I got in this how situation. How I got in this situation! <laughs> so we've got me. My evil twin who says he's king. My other evil twin that won't stay smashed, and some slap together com- combo of the two. This should be interesting. <laughs> and the four rush to each other. The two metals throw the two Sonics into each other. They're not handling well. And Sonic just asks Scourge, can we reconsider the truce? Well, Sonic hasn't offered, or he has not answered Scourge's offer yet either. Yo, I'm kind of preoccupied with the present right now, buddy. Scourge takes that as a yes. And Eggman's enjoying this four-way prize fight as Dimitri comes in, saying, Oh, Dr. Eggman, it's very impressive how you managed to construct two doppelganger robots so fast. It's very interesting, though, how you have done, you've had the time to do that, but not the time to construct new badniks or resources for the Dark Egg Legion. To which Eggman just goes like, what? Uh, it, yeah, I'm busy. Shoo, go away. And Dimitri wraps a coil around Eggman's arm. They are my people. They are some of the last echidnas alive. I will not let them be used carelessly. And Eggman just says, hey, simmer down. I plan on using them down to the last echidna. Might be pretty fast considering how few of them are. And if you disagree on how I use my troops, take it up with your cybernetics, which have explosives built into them. So, so, uh, the fact that, uh, the fact that Eggman calls us bluff in such a blatant way is so funny. Yeah. It's, it's wonderful. It's funny, but also just be like, oh yeah, that's right. Like, you're kind of fucked in the head, aren't you? Right? Yeah, okay. Yep, 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 yep. Dimitri, he says he understands the situation. 
and Eggman pats his dome. Run along and get ready for the next wave of the Chaotix, or Freedom Fighters, or oh, whatever. As Dimitri looks behind, saying, oh yes, Doctor, I will prepare for the next threat. Leering at Eggman. So back in front of Freedom HQ, Sonic uh, is pushed to the wall. Uh, he says, Scourge, hey, let's move the fight to the waste of Knothole, just to not cause any more damage. But he refuses. I don't want to give him an inch. And Fiona peers out the door, asks Scourge, hey, uh, do, do, do you want us to step in? As he shouts at her, you saying I can't handle this? And is about to get hit by Metal Scourge as Sonic intercepts, saying, well, hey, she says these things are tough and you could use a hand. It's like you're new at this or something. Well, there are no medals on my word, or on my world. So, hey, thanks for the save back there, buddy, but don't expect me to return the favor as Sonic is tackled by his medal. <laughs> Cute. This next scene here is very interesting. One that will, that makes me think a lot. From the destroyed wall, Miles and Boomer are watching the fight unfold. Hey, you gotta look in your eye again, Miles. What are you, what are you talking about? What are you thinking? Miles just says, well, this is a curiosity. While I'm happy to just see two Sonics get bludgeoned into nothing, Sonic Prime is committed to the greater good, helping regardless who's involved. Seeing Sonic save Scourge from getting swiped by Metal Sonic, and Alicia tells him to say, hey, watch what you're saying. It's got a twinge of reason to it. And you know what happens when you cross Scourge? Patch even saying that he remembers when his eye patch was just for show. Ooh. Ooh. Ooh, that's a little, little, little dark. A little, little dark right there. A little, little dark, a little dark. They follow, uh, I guess, you know, Miles follows up with treason. I'm merely observing that with Sonic present, it wouldn't take much to tip the scales of the war in either direction. As they just look onward to the fight, Miles still having that little smirk on his face. Meanwhile, in the Legion barracks, Dimitri grabs Leyenda, saying, hey, listen. Eggman's not fucking bluffing here. There's a bomb inside of all of our cybernetics. And she's pissed, blaming Dimitri for going to Eggman first, and says, listen, I was only looking for an ally against Enerjack, but you sold us all out for your precious cybernetics. So she's like, okay, what? Are you going to turn yourself into Knuckles now? No, not yet. These are my people, and you're the only family I have left. I'll... Think of something. Te- real desperate times at the Dark Egg Legion. It's uh, it's all it's all real coming together. Uh, Linda fucks up once again. By the way, get <laughs> a fucking again. How many has she ever gotten a W? Serious question. No, good. She doesn't deserve one. No. The two medals are circling the two Sonics. Scourge asking, "Hey, do you have any big ideas, hero?" Saying, well, the last time this happened, I had to fight the robot off with something that it wasn't designed designed to handle. Scourge understands what he means and reluctantly makes the call, Suppression Squad, attack! As they rush in, Sonic, Miles, and Fiona hold down Metal Sonic, taking its head as a prize. Scourge, Patch, and Alicia do the same to Metal Sonic, with Boomer blasting both the bodies, disintegrating them. And win. And Miles comments to Sonic, you know, kind of surprised how well we've done together as a team, don't you think? Sonic's like, yeah, it's kind of interesting. Scourge, though, asks about his offer. You never said no. To which Sonic says, yeah, I never responded because I was too disgusted for words. You're sick if you think I would ever entertain that offer. As Sonic takes his leave, I'm going to take a workout. Consider this an extension 
on your lease. And as he runs away, Scourge boasts like, yeah, no one can take down the king. Fiona coddling towards him. You know, I, I gotta I gotta say, it's very cute how Sonic always tries to bring out the best in people. And even with um, the anti-Mobians, it's very clear that he does the same. It's very, very nice. It's some good stuff. It's called character. You like it. Yes, it's I called like it. it's called character. There's no there's no bullshit exposition. It's just character. So back in the council room, Sonic tries to convince Elias about the situation at hand. Well look, I don't Elias says he doesn't necessarily mind. I can't really let this slide without consequences. And he says, Look, I know you got a lot on your plate right now, but like you can't stop me. I'm in the right. I know what I need to do. This has to be done. Then Elias calls to Sally, who's sitting nearby. How did you date him for as long as you did? And all she says is the thick-headedness has a charm. Regardless, Elias says that the council has already voted on his punishment. Sonic, you are to take the lead in the next mission. Sally, would you please? So she leads Sonic to the science center. Tails and Rotor have built new star post. Turnabout is fair play, Sally says. The mission? Sonic? Pack your bags. You are invading Moebius, which he is more than eager for. <laughs> um, so, the, I mean, do I really need to say much else? Uh, the way that this arc is progressing is incredibly interesting. We've gone from a full-on anti-Mobian invasion to a counter-invasion to some moral dilemmas and moral ethics tons of stuff right right and we have a, this is the end of the story and we do have a, a secondary story and my god i am so happy this is where we're ending the episode off of story b ian flynn obviously wrote with our boy coming back john gray thank you thank you so much we open scourge is breaking into sonic's house in the middle of the night trying to fucking own him in his sleep but is stopped by Sonic's dad, Jules. He's still a Robian, so he doesn't sleep. And Scourge just says, Ah, hello, Dad. And since this is so late, Jules figures, this isn't a cordial visit. And Jules says, I almost died trying to keep my son safe. And I'll do anything to keep him safe. And Scourge just says, Oh, trying to say you're not afraid of me, huh? And Jules replies that this world is full of heroes fighting a single evil. So my guess is Scourge's is full of cowards doing their part to bring ruin to theirs. Yeah, I'm not afraid of you. Because I know at your core, you're a coward too. And then Scourge, in a very uncharacteristic characteristic moment, snaps. Coward? I conquered a planet on my own. Jules, you brought a different brand of ruination. And this is a really cool moment. Because, obviously, I, I need to bring it up. John Gray's shading and art and the way that he does perspective is so good. Oh my god, it's so good in 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 this comment in this section in particular. But I like how in this story there's not a lot of backgrounds just to bring emphasis to like the characters being front and center. It's almost like there's nothing else going on in the world. It's just these two in this moment right now. I think it's fantastic. Scourge just says try again. On my world we had a time called the Great Peace. My dad was part of it. Brought everyone together in one big group hug. And ten years later, stagnation. Everything fell apart. So, I conquered my Moabius and woke it up. So what, Jules asks, is your answer violence and anarchy? 
Well, not anarchy. Everyone bows to me. And since he's so hung up on correlations, how about this? Your Sonic's dad isn't a Mobian anymore. My dad simply isn't. So this is, of course, to imply that as part of like them deposing, you know, the king and all that, Scourge fucking murdered his own dad and probably his mom too. Uh, <laughs> oh, um, oh, Jesus! <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ! Holy fuck! And Scourge is trying to be intim- uh, unwavering here. You trying to intimidate me here? And Jewel says, well, it falls short when the mighty, world-conquering king has to sneak into a house in the middle of the night to get a leg off on my son. And Scourge closes in on Jewel's. Sonic's pretty good at smashing bots. Want to see what I can do? As Jewel's shoots up out of his chair, Scourge backing off with a twinge of fear. I am not your father. I was on the front lines of the Great War. I will go quietly. You may not care about the loss of your jewels, but I'm sure my son will be very upset. You want that on your head too? As Scourge, dejected, is at the windowsill he entered from. Just a bunch of empty words. You're no different from my old man after all. As he leaves with tears in his eyes. Dude. Holy fuck. The fact that Jules was able to strike the fear of his fucking dad into his heart and the fact that he's crying as he realizes in that brief instance, like... It's not even necessarily a what have I done moment. It's just more of like, you know, like, like this is like some old shit that he's bringing up. Old shit. Old wounds. He's he's digging he's digging deep into that wound, dude. He's digging deep, and 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 it basically just results in him fucking off. And it's it's so good. Oh my god. I think I think what's amazing is that the the lighting and the the shading work is so good. How how different they all how how well John Gray portrays the the power difference. And the rise and, and, and the, the fall of certain characters in this small segment. It's, it's really, really interesting. You should, you, I would recommend reading this issue just to see the art because it's really good. As Scourge takes his leave, Jules closes the window. As Bernadette comes in behind, hey, honey, what happened? I thought I heard voices. Who are you talking to? As Jules stares out the window, only saying, no one. That's the end of that comic. That's the end of the comics we've got for this episode. And my God, what a way to send the episode off. I I really liked, from all the world building that we just learned, I find it really interesting how it, it was pretty obvious in retrospect, but now we kind of have come to understand the history on Moebius has been flipped. And it kind of also goes to show like Ian Flynn's portrayal of how the anti-characters are per se. Because, yeah, now we have a situation where, like, everything was kind of good in the era where Sonic and his friends had to form the Freedom Fighters, the Great War resulting, versus on Moebius, Scourge and his friend group kind of were just like, yo, these people are, like, fucked. Like, I don't don't fucking care. Why don't we just depose them, you know, for funsies? And they did. And I guess it was pretty easy for them, considering the fact that, I guess, on their world... They never had a military. They never had any reason to, like, rise up and fight. So they probably literally did not expect their children deposing them, you know, as, like, preteens. That's kind of funny to think about. 
But also, like, maybe that's also where his, like, delusions of grandeur come from. Also, just like, yeah, I conquered a planet so easily, I can do it again. Hey, who cares? Who cares? And now we come to Scourge, confronting with, like, basically an old ghost of his past. Kind of, sort of, not really. And kind of, like, getting perhaps, like, the fatherly attention he never had. But in such a raw way where he, like, literally does not know how to handle it. And all he can do is just run. Well, I mean, if you really think about it, like, is this not parallel to how Sonic used to try and handle these things? Because if you think about it, right? Sonic, in in, in many previous respects, throughout his character development through his comic, has always been somebody who, who tries not to look back on the past but the problem is that the past always has a way of catching up with you. And it usually bites Sonic in the ass more often than not with how, with how he acted, right? Right. So, but the thing is, is that Sonic learned over time is that he can actually, you know, consolidate those things and work them out. But Scourge, Scourge embodies the worst aspects of Sonic. So he wouldn't care one way or the other, right? So he can just keep running. And what happens is that when the past catches up to you and you keep running, it... It hits. It hits. It hits hard. So, I mean, it's a masterful little story, B. It's very good. And on that note, uh, this concludes this episode of the Archie Sonic Digest. We will be back. Oh, we will be back. The next uh, issues we cover, my favorite arc of Archie Sonic. I, I, I am so excited to have gotten to this point. It's, just, it's the drama, the mystique, the we get to see moebius and how it's developed we get to see some characters you may not expect to see the comment scourge was making about amy having to deal with another one another one you'll see you'll see you'll see probably one of the one of the best things that archie produces from this whole arc um and i believe next issue we will or not next issue next time we will finally be hitting our landmark issue uh Maybe, maybe not. We'll see how things go out. But we are officially on the road to issue 200, folks. We, like I said in the beginning, we have gotten to the point where we're closer to the end to the beginning. And we're guns blazing. We are guns blazing. We are guns blazing. We are going through it. See you next time, guys. See you.